0: Yes, it does. Happy Friday, live from the NASDAQ market side, overlooking what else? New York's Times Square. This is Fast Money. I'm Brian. And once again, for Melissa Lee, your traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Jeff Mills. Welcome, Brian Kelly and Steve Grasso. Tonight on Fast, shares of Canopy Growth sparking a rally in the pot stocks today. Why bad news is not so bad news in this sector. We'll dig in. Plus, for your chart of the week, we're looking at a name that we all kind of, you know, left for dead not that long ago. Well, maybe not everyone around the table. So is the current rally for real? We'll get some answers. And love, exciting and new. Hmm. It's in the air this Valentine's Day, but Wall Street's really sweet on a couple of stocks. Nice. Will these be lasting romances or oh. investors flirting oh. with disaster? We're going to do sort of a like, like or not or hot or not, whatever it is. You know what I mean? All like, would right you rather? Or left all, swipe? All that ahead. You're left or right, whatever yeah. it might be. We don't care. All right. All that ahead. But we start with some Big breaking news on the biggest name in investing. Who else but Warren Buffett? The latest quarterly filing from his Berkshire Hathaway, showing some outsized moves from Omaha. Here is the rundown that Berkshire started new positions in. Kroger, that stock getting a nice pop. 18 million share new stake over the quarter. Biogen-IDEC, a new stake. And Berkshire also bought two S&P 500 ETFs, the SPY and the VOO. Now, Berkshire, and I say Berkshire, because remember this could be Warren himself could be Todd Combs could be some of the other fund managers there it doesn't necessarily mean Warren himself Berkshire raised stakes in General Motors Occidental Petroleum Restoration Hardware and SunCore Energy and by my math he sold a massive 60 some million share stake in Wells Fargo as well as trimming some Goldman Sachs Tim Seymour there is a lot to dig into here. What of any of those moves really sticks out to you?
1: Well, I mean, the, the move in Kroger certainly is interesting because, first of all, Kroger had a massive move into year end. So, uh, you know, depending on, again, you get this information, it's it's somewhat dated in hindsight. But but you know, the question for me, look, profits in supermarkets are only going one way. Look at this. They're going down. Um, and ultimately, I think you have a dynamic here where you have a very overstored, a very overly competitive landscape um, where I think we know all the big box stores that are involved. Um, I would not be a major buyer of Kroger here, uh, but I do think that there's been a turnaround there and there's been a margin story. And, I, and you know, you, you have to give the Oracle of Omaha uh, the ability to say across all of his different properties, they must be seeing something. I believe that that's part of the insight that you have when you're Berkshire Hathaway is to be able to see through some of your other portfolio companies into others you may
0: have. And, and the one thing about these 13 F's, and before we get to you, BK, that we've got to remind our viewers, they, to your point, they are backdated. Yep. It's what they owned at the quarter but the Berkshire ones are a little different, maybe better because they're longer term. I mean, these aren't ones that change yep. quarter to That's quarter. True. Right. You know, these are holdings that we'll see. There's a bird in here. There's.
2: This is like Animal Week. Wow. I mean, a little I mean,
0: dogs and birds. Um,
2: Kroger. are You shocked by? <laughs> so no, I'm actually not that shocked by Kroger as a, As a, I'm more shocked by the bird behind us than I am by Kroger. I thought it was a. By the way, brown. it's a. Love bird. Oh, there you go. Wow. But I'm Winner. Pumped. Hope he yeah. doesn't tweet. That's peak, peak <laughs> Tim right there. Oh, <laughs> man, this is so good. All God,
0: right. BK. All right. Now, Continue with yeah, your now let me help the American public out.
2: All right. So Kroger, of all of the names that he's involved in, doesn't surprise me that much because it's, this seems to me like a classic Buffett story. He bets on things that don't change that much. You're always going to go to the grocery store. He bets on things that pay a nice dividend yield. This pays 2.27% prior to this big move. That's much better than you can get in 10-year Treasury bonds. That's a classic Buffett move, in my opinion. So that doesn't surprise me. I find the selling of Wells Fargo and Goldman Sachs kind of interesting because they finally kind of just got some momentum here. Um, So he's selling into that momentum. And again, to your point, Brian, you can look at these and say, all right, if Berkshire's getting into it, they're seeing something. He's famously said, if the stock market closed for five years, I'd still want to hold these positions. So you can say, hey, these are long-term positions for him.
0: Yeah, but for me, I, I think we're, we're assuming that it's Warren. I, I don't know if it's Warren. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel very Warren-esque to me. Kroger doesn't feel Warren-esque to me. Wells Fargo and Goldman, it feels like the changing of the guard. I don't think it's well, those him. are residual holdings. Yeah, from the so financial I, think, I think it's a, it does, it's a different environment. Sixty million environment. shares of Wells Fargo, and it trades I think it's like a it. Different, it, it trades like it, it. It. It, it does. Feels like it's a different environment. It feels like getting rid of the financials is not a Warren thing to do. The, uh, I'd rather be a buyer of the IBB versus Biogen. That does, does, has he ever bought a biotech? No, that I, was surprising. I, I, I don't know, yeah. Jeff. That yeah. is an interesting one. The, a new, And again,
3: we don't know if it's Warren himself. Could be Todd Combs, could be somebody else. But a new stake in Biogen-IDIC. Yeah, I was surprised there, too. I mean, you just look at a name that volatile, it doesn't look like a stock, typically, that they would get involved in. If you look at the IBB, just as an example, though, it struggled at this 122 level, basically exactly where it is right now. So I think the coming days, weeks are going to be really telling for the overall sector. If you look at Biogen specifically at 10 times earnings, I think you can make a valuation argument there. And the chart does look like it's hooking a little bit higher, the 200 days moving up a bit. So I can understand that perhaps there's a catch-up trade, Biogen versus the overall IBB, we'll see. You know, also, do you take any solace in the macro market? Anybody that he bought
0: a number of shares of the SPY and the VOO, basically two S&P 500?
2: No, he's, he's constantly long. He's constantly long. I, I don't think you can take any short or medium term uh, signal from what Warren Buffett is doing buying the market
1: because he was, he's buying that for 25 years. But, but isn't, isn't this exactly what we've been talking about? We talk about liquidity in the market. I mean, you know, Warren Buffett's, again, I mean, this, it, again, whoever's making the call in the portfolio, they're very in touch with the liquidity trends in the overall market. But we, we talk about with the Federal Reserve and how it's just flowing into passively and that they're not passive there per se. They are long-term, but I, I do think this is almost a, a balance sheet management treasury function when you see them buying the He always S&P. tries to mimic the market. So to that point, I guess you stay in line yeah. with whatever and, your and very And very
0: quickly, is. notable, we talk about ESG investing. Not a lot here. He, bought, he added to Occidental and added to Suncor, which is the Canadian. Yeah. He didn't get the they memo. didn't get the memo out in Omaha. All right. It is Valentine's Day. It sure is, Brian. It really is. Yeah, it's nice. And love is in the air here on Fast Money along with a bird. So that got us thinking about the most loved stocks on Wall Street. Now, these companies have the most amount of buy ratings in the S&P 500. Many names on your list. Amazon, Alphabet, Facebook, of course, are the ones that are the most analysts, so they would have the most ratings. But also names like Pioneer Natural Resources and Diamondback Energy, the original Fang are on this list. So are these names true love for investors? Are we heading for a heartbreak? We're going to have debates on some of these names. Let's begin with Amazon. Most loved stock in the S&P. 45 buy ratings, zero sell ratings. Grasso, true love or heartbreak? This is a heartbreak for me. And, I, and I've been wrong because I thought this was going to be the investment cycle where the oh, stock sold oh, off. Oh,
1: oh, oh, oh. What oh, was that?
3: that?
0: Oh. That's, an excellent, wow. that's an excellent sound right there. So, but it hasn't worked out yet. I do believe, though, it's going to get contentious between the White House and Bezos longer than it already has been. So I think ultimately this one will break your heart. In the long run,
2: I mean, I think that's a fair point for second half of the year. But I love the breakout in Amazon. When you're talking about a stock like this, momentum is what matters. So yeah, this is a true love for me. Bird. The bird is tweeting again. That's the again. bird. That's exactly. You. That's the graphic. That is the a sign bird.
3: when you've got? I, I agree on the technical side. You've got the double top in eighteen nineteen. Looks to be breaking out to the upside. And just from a fundamental perspective, you know, say we got, it first, Jeff. True love. True love. Idea. Uh I love it. Um, But thinking about it from a fundamental perspective, you got uh, Michigan consumer confidence came out this morning. Good. Retail sales solid. So overall, the consumer's still in a good spot. Technically, it looks good. So I think it goes higher.
0: Okay. Let's switch now to Visa, which has 33 buy ratings. And just one sell. Jeff, is the Visa trade, again, true love, which for some reason is represented by a bird sound, or a heartbreak?
3: <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, true, true love for me. I, I just, I like the payment space. If you look at global payments as an example, uh, you're at 43% of global payments ex-China are now digital. That's up from 28% 10 years ago. So I just like being in that space. I think these two names are positioned for it. Yes, you can argue that they're expensive relative to history, but you have revenue as well as EPS having doubled yeah. over the past five years. So so I think there's still more room here.
1: And, and I think that, at least, Jeff, is where I have to find my heartbreak uh, mm. in Visa. I, I think if you look at the multiple, oh, this, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> right, that's, that's awful. That's horrible. Um, everything about it's awful. It's horrible. Um, but if you look at Visa's multiple, it's not awful, um, but it's trading at a three-term premium to the three-year average. So we talk about uh, some of these payment stocks. There's no question that payments have re-rated. Visa and, Visa and MasterCard have been uh, heart uh, not break what are we calling them we're calling them true love, true love yeah. charts for every valentine's day for the last five uh but when i look at the dynamics right now at some point first of all incredibly competitive landscape they are competing on multiple fronts it's really a valuation call
0: okay tim let's stay with you let's do that and take a look at some of the few energy names that actually made the list hard to believe but some did you got diamondback energy the original fang again true love or a heartbreaker
1: well, I think in the case of Diamondback with the ticker FANG, this is a definitely true love. Um, if you believe that, that the, yeah, you can't that's talk t- over you know, the birds, very tough. you can't talk over the birds. Look, what we're seeing there is free cash flow generation. We're actually seeing capital discipline. It's what we talk about with some of the better names uh, in the space that you've actually seen this chart uh, begin to find a bottom. You found a place where I actually think management is running this company for equity investors. If you look at the street, actually, there's been a number of turns for the sentiment in the stock from the analyst community. There's a bunch of overweights in the stock and I would join that with my uh, true love. Well, for me, it's a heartbreak. And this is less about the company. Tim makes ooh, a very good ooh, point about ooh, how the company is, This
2: is just a horrible sound. Who did Tim that recording? Somebody noise. on our it's team, Cliff. Yeah, it's 40%. Guy. It's Guy. So anyway, so anyway, on on this, it's it's more about oil here, right? I mean, mm-hmm. oil, the chart on oil looks terrible. The fundamentals in oil look terrible. So I don't want to be anywhere near that. Yep. I mean, we had a war in the Middle East, and oil couldn't get out of its own way. So for me, it's a heartbreak, not a heartthrob. And
0: yeah, we'll see this in there's Talk out there, China could be down by three or four million barrels a day. All right, finally, Microsoft. Jeff,
3: it's been a true love. Still a true love? Listen, for a heartbreak for me. It's a heartbreak. But let's be very clear. This is a near term heartbreak. I think maybe you break up and then get back together sort of story. Uh, you, you can't argue with what management do- has done. The business is great. I think long term, it's going to be a good buy. But at 30 percent above its 200 day moving average, I feel like it's more vulnerable than maybe some other names if the overall market has a bit of a problem via coronavirus or any other catalyst here in the near term.
0: This has to be true love. I mean, when you look at this stock, it's unbelievable on a chart. It's broken out. This is about more cloud than it is about the old legacy business. This thing, I thought it was going to get to 185. The way it ripped through 185 the other day, I think it can get to 200 at this point. They're the other side of the Jedi contract. But I do believe that the near-term headlines or near-term headwind.
1: But I believe ultimately this thing will be higher. See, this says a lot about me. But I, 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 I'm going to not play the game because I hate commitments. I wouldn't want to be committed to, a, to, you know, to a heartbreak or a true love on this one because this stock to me has been representative of absolutely a turn, certainly fundamental call, uh, a services revenue, a, a a cloud revenue that's very exciting. But it's been a market proxy, and again, I think getting married to that right now is something maybe it's to just be a crush stuff. for you. Maybe it's a crush. Well, I have trouble committing sometimes, and it doesn't make me a it's bad. Great insight. Hey,
0: and by, by the way i think i figured it out that bird noise has got to be the agapornis that is the better right. known as the love and it could be white tens oh, better known as the love bird better known as a love bird of a small parrot commonly found how about in john paul Madagascar. young loves there, by that's, that's got to be the, that's Great what tempers. that is I, I would imagine or it's the bird flying around all right we've been talking about wall street's most loved stocks but the chartmaster has two names that could use some serious love Quarterstone Macro's Carter Worth is over at the Plasma to break down these two names. Oh, an oil name, Carter. I love it.
4: Two two duds. So unloved. (laughs) Let's see if we can find some love. Uh, And two different circumstances. One, Halliburton, a a well-established downtrend. And once in a while, a downtrend starts to end, whether you call it this, uh, head and shoulders bottom, or if you put in a trend line, a break above the trend line, and then put your head and shoulders in. The point being that one way to act on something that's unloved is that someone has started to love it and we can jump on board. Another, look at DuPont, and these stocks are exactly the same in terms of percentage decline, is something that literally has not only had a breakup, but is in full depression here on the breakup. And I'm going to make the bet that you're going to throw back towards the level from which you broke. Now, again, a second chart, exact same time frame, And watch where the It's right to the bottom of literally the channel. And we have consistently and reliably moved towards the top. I think that's the bet. So two duds. One is bottoming, the first. One is making new lows. But interestingly, take a look at the one-year performance. Of course, they are identical. There's your S&P, up 23%. DuPont and Halliburton both down 28. Totally different patterns. One is bottoming. One is still making lows. I think they need a little love, and it's probably right to love them.
0: Uh, Carter Worth on DuPont and Halliburton here. By the way, Carter, we're going to see an options action here. In a couple of minutes, we Jeff love Mills. Carter.
1: Can we establish that? We, we really that? do. I like the it's
0: sweater today, too, show. exactly. I mean, there's a gap called once it's back. Jeff Mills, it's do you expensive. like either of these names?
3: So, listen, I'm with BK on the whole energy story. Every time I start to fall in love with energy, I get my heart broken time and time again. I was getting bullish earlier in the year. It failed again. I think oil is just structurally in this band where I'm not sure we're going to see the commodity move higher. So I'd be hesitant there. On DuPont, I like it more just from a technical perspective because it does look so oversold. And I could certainly get behind the idea that it snaps back up to that 200-day moving average.
0: All right. Good stuff, Jeff Mills. Thank you very much. Coming up, pot stocks surging today thanks to one canopy growth. Is this a sign the worst might be over for this very volatile Mm. sector? And the energy sector, could it possibly, maybe, somehow, fuel a major rally? We're going to break down what's going on in a long, struggling space and whether or not that will ever turn around. And be sure to watch or listen to us live anywhere on the go on the CNBC app. Download it today, and we're back after this. All right. All right. All right. Let's talk about the cannabis stocks. All finding some bids today. Thank you. Canopy growth. Canopy ending the day 13 percent higher. So let's be blunt. It's been a rough couple of weeks for cannabis investors. Ken, Tim, is this kind of a turn for this very volatile sector?
1: Well, just to be clear, if you, you know, canopy growth has actually outperformed the S&P by about 3% since the middle of October. So has the sector put in a bottom? I, I don't know. Are valuations really exciting? Not really. Is the top-down trade that people were looking to buy in terms of the addressable market for the whole sector? Yeah, it's actually, I think the macro is better than expected. Um, canopy growth today told you their gross margins were significantly better. Uh, they told you that actually they beat on the revenue side. It's not just their core, uh, their core cannabis business, but ancillary and even some lifestyle brands that they're building out. Uh, the bottom line here is you've got a senior management team that's come over from Constellation Brands is now at the helm at this company with $2.3 billion in cash. And they're talking about certainly discipline from an asset allocation perspective, but also in terms of capacity of their business and actually bringing things more in line. Great news for them great news for the sector, and I do think this is a stock, to be clear, it's the largest position of my fund. Um, it's a stock that I, I think you can own here. But
0: this is this is almost the same way you play the energy space. It's not. It has nothing to do with the space sector, but when you look at these, every time they catch a bid, you get hopeful and then they wind up chopping your knees off. But I think this, both Canopy and the sector has been building a nice base and I think that it's about liquidity, it's about branding, as Tim said, it's about brands that you own, it's not just about grow, but it's all also about getting attached to someone who has a bankroll for cash flow so that you can't go out of business. So I believe a lot of the little players are going to get gobbled up by the bigger players that have JVs with even bigger entities.
2: The, the base that these have formed, though, is a little bit different, as you mentioned this time, because that tells me the sentiment is starting to change. These have been absolutely bombed out, hit skid row. Now they're starting to turn. If Tim's telling me that, you life. know what the, yeah, exactly. Right. If, and, if you're telling me that, hey, the fundamentals are actually looking better than they did. I actually think you can trade these at this point, in time.
3: And I agree. The industry is a long-term growth story. I mean, I think the momentum is there. We're going to full legalization at some point. I mean, I think it just has to happen. The problem is, this early on in an industry's life cycle, I think it can be difficult to pick the right horses. You saw it in the dot-com bubble. I think you see it now. Um, I do like talking about the path to profitability, the rationalizing the investments with the size Mm -hmm. of the market and the growth that they're seeing. So I think as the industry matures, these companies are under- Understanding the economics better, I think that will be good for the overall volatility. I prefer to play it with a name like Constellation, where they have a big bet, but it's a strong business outside yeah. of that as well.
0: I mean, is this Tim just quickly like? I mean, is this sort of a, a, a maturing segment, or is it
1: really still just kind of the youth gone wild? No, the, the the balance sheet rationalization that's been forced upon the sector because there is no new capital and there are no institutions has been good for the sector because capacity to nowhere. Forget about asset valuations. Look at look at free cash flow. Look at profitability. we starting to see that. We could talk for a long time. I'll simply say uh, the top-down story is very, very good for the sector. Find good operators. Do your work on the names.
0: All right, guys. Good discussion there. For more on Canopy's results, you can head over to our website, cnbc.com. In the meantime, here's what else we
2: have coming up. It's Friday, so you know what that means. Time for our chart of the week. We'll take a look at one name that's turning into the unlikeliest of safe havens and later on Options Action. Coronavirus fears may be rocking the boat for the cruise industry, but one name may be able to avoid the storm. Find out which one, and a whole lot more, when we come back.
0: Hi, welcome back, and happy Friday, and happy Valentine's Day, all you Fast Money friends. It's time for your chart of the week. Check out that rally. Just huh. chugging along. What is that? What it's well, it's not a stock. You know what it is, BK?
2: Uh, I got a, I got a hunch. What is that? <laughs> I think that's the Bitcoins. Oh, you, yeah, it is. Yeah, the big yellow coin. Wow, and up what, 44% it, this year? Up uh, 44% this year, up over 70% last year. Best performing asset out there. So here's what's going on with it. Talked a lot about last year that we're getting what's called the halvening. So the daily supply is going to be cut in half in May from $18 million to $9 million per day. So miners have stopped selling some of their inventory because they want higher prices. They're expecting higher prices. You're also seeing with this moment, momentum a lot of institutional investors have increased their activity here it's still a trickle it's not a flow in but you're starting to see a lot of people come in and say hey you know what as an asset class as digital gold this is the place we want to be and then finally if you look at the underlying fundamentals where i look at address growth that address growth is running at about 9 10% over the last 30 days if you can kind of think of that like with twitter as daily active users or with facebook daily active users so when you see those daily active users or addresses mm-hmm. growing that means the fundamentals are improving. So those three things are really driving. you buy
0: any others? Because Litecoin and XRP, they've also done
2: well this year. They, they are all. It's, it's what they call kind of an altcoin rally. So you look at uh, Ethereum has done well. Um, other smart contract platforms like Cosmos and EOS have all done well. And, and I think they continue to do well this year.
0: All right. Good stuff there. A big round. A lot of people made a lot of money in crypto. If you timed it right, it is time now for your final final trade of the week. Let's go around the horn. Tim Seymour, kick it off.
1: We were having that energy discussion. There was some heartbreak in there. I actually do love oil services. At least I like Halliburton, which is the leader in the U.S. offshore sh- uh, and to dynamic year where I think free cash flow is going to double from last year to next year. Take a look at this one.
3: Okay. Jeff Mills. You know, we talked about this earlier, but I like Amazon here. I think just from a technical perspective, it looks like it's breaking out to the upside. The consumer continues to be in a good spot, Amazon.
0: Yeah, that was that was one of the true loves. So Amazon,
3: is you don't feel like it in any way overvalued or too hot? No. Not at this point. I mean, it, it put in a two-year base, so it hasn't gone anywhere for a long time. So I like it on the breakout. Okay. BK? You know,
2: for me, you take a look at some of the the macro that's going on there, the copper the gold ratio, which has done a really good job of predicting bond rates, is starting to say that bond rates, 10-year rates, should be a bit higher here. So I think TBT is the way to play that Snuggling, Snuggling up with rates. Yeah, that's right. A little bit be nice. Virgin it's like Galactic. Galactic was up 15%
0: today. It's got a small float, high short interest. I think it goes much higher. But let it wait. Let it breathe a couple of days. The stock has been up 50% in six days. Okay, good stuff there, guys. Thank you very Happy much. That does it for there, us Brian. here on Thank You for Fast Money. But Options Action is next.